to Z Sports Prime Time on a Wednesday evening. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, GaryAshton.com. That's where you go for your dream address without the stress. The Ashton team is the place that you need to go for the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators and of A to Z Sports Prime Time. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet, the Built for You program, and one of the state's largest selection of certified pre-owned vehicles, Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, I don't know I don't know if if uh I don't know if the Colin Kaepernick stuff is even still polarizing at this point. We're so far removed, but you know, I I logged onto the show tonight and the first comment that I saw uh cuz I guess the YouTube commenters can start early ahead of everybody else. I don't know why that's the case, but whatever. So I see this from Lowry on YouTube and he simply says this is a dumb topic. Well, I mean it's really not. It's it's a pretty it's a pretty sizable topic given just how long this guy's been out and what caused him to be blackballed from the NFL. Uh, it is a, it's, it, I don't know that it remains as just violently polarizing as it was five years ago, I guess would have been the case because Mike Malarkey was still the coach of the Titans when Colin Kaepernick first took a knee. I don't know if it remains as polarizing today as it was then, but it is substantial news in the world of professional football, that Colin Kaepernick's going to get a legit, a legit workout. Not, not you know, some high school practice facility in Atlanta where you have to move locations at the last minute and have to work through all these different logistical things and you're trying to figure out, okay, is this guy still a dreaded distraction? Is he going to be a bigger story than the starting quarterback will be? If we bring in Colin Kaepernick, is he going to become a thing that kind of over, you know, that overshadows everything that goes on with a football team. And, you know, in the same way that bringing Tim Tebow back with the Jacksonville Jaguars last year was laugh out loud funny, Colin Kaepernick is probably in a similar mold without, you know, without the comedy, without the without the laughability of it. Now, it is laughable to think that, because I saw Mike Florio put out a tweet earlier today, um, or when this news was first reported by Adam Schefter, so Mike Florio put out the like that he, Colin Kaepernick would immediately compete for several starting NFL jobs. And to say that right now, when he's been out of football for, I mean, coming up on this would be six seasons, is crazy, is utter nonsense, right? And we know this to be so. He's competing for a backup quarterback job at best at this stage in his career. And honestly, he's still relatively young given how quickly he was in and out of the public consciousness. But I want to start uh, with your Two Rivers Ford take here on a Wednesday evening. What percentage chance do you give Colin Kaepernick of legitimately returning to the NFL? Let me know in the comment section on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. We'll talk about it together. Your Two Rivers Ford take. Just give me a percentage uh, whatever you think, what percentage chance do you give Colin Kaepernick of making a comeback in the league? We'll talk about this on this Wednesday evening. We'll do it courtesy of our friends at Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford is where you go for the Ford Blue Advantage program. Now, Two Rivers Ford, as you well know, is one of the state's largest selection of quality American-made Ford vehicles, both new and pre-owned when you go out to their lot in Mount Juliet. You can get exactly what you're looking for, whether it's the Built For You program that allows you to customize your next new Ford, 
or you go through the process of going through their selection of certified pre-owned vehicles. You want to get a pre-owned vehicle from a dealer that you know is going to operate with honesty and integrity. You want to make sure that for the money that you're spending, you're getting the best possible value and not at a place that's going to cut corners. Two Rivers Ford has done business in Middle Tennessee since 1983, not cutting corners in the least and putting honesty and integrity at the forefront when it comes to the car buying experience. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So what percentage chance do you give this guy of legitimately, whatever a comeback would just mean being on an NFL roster again? Beyond a tryout, hell, even a practice squad, I would consider to be a comeback, and, and that may change your number by degrees because uh, Adam Schefter first reported the news, but Ian Rappaport gave us some details on the NFL Network about Colin Kaepernick and the team that is having him in for a legitimate workout. A fascinating development for Colin Kaepernick, who, as you mentioned, has not played in the NFL since 2016, has not had a meeting with the team since 2017 when he went to visit the Seattle Seahawks, who eventually decided not to sign him, despite Pete Carroll saying that he believed Colin Kaepernick should be in the NFL. And there have been several people over the last couple of years who have advocated for Colin Kaepernick getting a chance. One of those people is Las Vegas Raiders owner Mark Davis, who now does have the opportunity to sign him. So Josh McDaniels, the head coach of the Raiders, and Dave Ziegler, the general manager, worked out Colin Kaepernick earlier today. Remains to be seen whether or not they are the ones to give him a uh, the opportunity that he has wanted for years and years. He has been working tirelessly. He also has a documentary being made about him right now. Spike Lee is doing it, so the timing would be perfect, let's say, for Colin Kaepernick. Time will tell whether or not this turns into a signing or if it's just an interesting workout. So there are the details for me in Rappaport, and it would be consequential. Now, you know, how much his price point has changed, what he's willing to play for, uh, I'm sure that's a different circumstance and one that makes him a more viable option for an NFL team who's looking to sign him or would be just looking to consider options at the quarterback position. Percentage chance of him getting back in the league. Practice squad, you know, depth uh, depth quarterback or, I mean, starting quarterback. It would be way too soon to tell. Um, but just to get back on an NFL roster, I think, would be of great consequence. Jimmy Power says, I'll stop watching the NFL. Um, and listen, there's always going to be that contingent of people who uh, who believes that. Jimmy, that's entirely your own prerogative. Nobody, Nobody's going to force feed your football. Football is con- con- going to continue to be the biggest and the baddest and the best sport, uh, the most popular sport, the most consumed sport. There's not going to be anything that slows down the NFL's progress. But, Jimmy, you're not alone, right? And and uh, how many I've – al- I've always been curious, and there's, there's no, you know, there's no quantifiable way to do this, to see um, how many people actually follow through with that. Because I, I think – I think there are people who have principles and whether, you know, you or I agree with the principles of, of people who feel that way about Colin Kaepernick, uh, you're not going to, it's been six years. If people aren't going to change their position on it for Colin Kaepernick and peaceful protesting for, uh, you know, against police brutality and the way that he chose to do it in the place that he chose to do it in the moments that he chose to do it, uh, you know, you're not going to get through to uh, you're not going to get through uh, to people like that. Now I'd be curious, Jimmy, because Keelan brings this us brings this up, ask him why he'll stop watching Buck, and I I would like to know, Jimmy, uh, just just out of curiosity, maybe I'm making assumptions about why it is that you would stop watching football, and I want to give you the opportunity to be able to 
you know, to be able to tell your or to give your opinion and and as to why. Because I'm, you know, we we largely sometimes I think largely um, we get the uh, we get people who I may assume of, uh, how they feel about a certain position because they don't have full context in the way that the commenting works. And I try to, uh, you know, I try to make sure that we have fair and honest and reasonable discussions. Now I can't, you know, I can't dictate how you guys talk to one another in the chat. And I think that there's, uh, I think that there, I, you know, I think that largely though, the majority of you are respectful. So I, I would be legitimately curious, Jimmy, why, why is it that you would stop watching the NFL if Colin Kaepernick was to say be on the Seattle Seahawks practice squad, right? Or something to that effect. Um, people say they won't listen to Buck's show, but we but they know they still listen at some, you know, again, <laughs> probably, right? Because um uh, and again, I, I would love to hear from Jimmy. If I see Jimmy's uh producer read, if you would keep an eye out for it, um, just because I do want to give people a, a fair and a fair uh, opportunity to respond. And if they don't do so after the fact, then you know, we'll just keep the show moving. I'm not going to stop everything because one person has an opinion that we're waiting anxiously to hear from. And because a lot of people would be curious to hear that, maybe, maybe they don't want to get, you know, maybe they don't want to get pounced on because it's easier to say I'll stop watching, but it's harder to say why. Right. I think that's the kind of thing that, uh, I think that's the kind of thing that, um, that, that fosters productive, uh, productive conversations as opposed to just, you know, blanket statement, I'll stop watching football if Colin Kaepernick comes back. When in reality, you know, I mean, you're probably going to still throw on the red zone from time to time. Uh, what I, what percentage chance do I give it? You know, I would say probably anywhere between 15 and 20% of him being on the a, a roster in some form or fashion when the season starts. That may be a little high um, just because it's it's been so long since he's been in an NFL locker room. He can continue to work out um, and continue to train and, and do all the things that one can do with limited resources in the offseason uh, or in the, uh, in you know, the years, straight up years that he's been out. I mean, it's straight. If, I mean, six years is not a decade, but if I wanted to, if I wanted to spin it, you could say that Colin Kaepernick has now been out of football for the better part of a decade, um, which maybe makes that resonate a little bit more than just saying six years have gone by since Colin Kaepernick last was on an NFL roster. Uh, Thaddeus L. Young says, how do you feel, Buck? Like, truly feel. About about Kaepernick? Oh, I mean, I, you know, my position, I think, is uh, has been well known. I am fully in support of what Colin Kaepernick did for the purposes of uh, Colin, Kaepernick's, um, Colin Kaepernick's beliefs for Colin Kaepernick's uh, stance that I, I believe, even, even if the messenger wasn't perfect and who among us is right. You can have terrible moments where, and he did have terrible moments where he's um, I think he was speaking to Miami dolphins media while he was still a member of the 49ers um, towards the end about, you know, things about Cuba that were very, very ill-informed and really misguided. I think that Colin Kaepernick, you know, the I think he had socks with the uh, with uh, pigs' faces with police hats on. That was a message that was not well delivered and really not very calculated in its approach. But I think the larger the larger cause was just right. Yeah, you you want people to pay attention to pol- police police brutality against minorities, right? Whether that's 
African-Americans, whether that's Latinos, whether that's, um, you know, Asian-Americans or whichever, or whether that's people like me who have Middle Eastern backgrounds, right? You, you just, you want people to, you want to support people who, who point out injustices and societal ills. So yeah, I've always been on the side. Now, I, I'm a much different person than I was six years ago. And I probably didn't articulate those kind of things very well six years ago in, in the similar way that Colin Kaepernick may have not done the thing that he wanted to in the way or with the kind of kind of strategy that I think he would probably now at an advanced age look back and say, yeah, I could have done that differently. It's all armchair quarterbacking at the end of the day. But I think overall, you have to look at, okay, what's he doing? He's dealing while the national anthem is being played. Why is he doing it? Well, because there is an, an, un, an unprecedented rate of police brutality against minorities and something that has been exposed uh, largely through social media and the way that everything is highly documented and highly videoed now. And if Colin Kaepernick chooses to bring this to the forefront in a way that is not harmful, then yeah, um, completely and totally in support of the cause itself, even if I disagree with some of the ways that the message came across. I think that's that's the way that any any reasonable and willing to discuss person, right? Yeah, and people are going to be one way or the other. I'm sure I haven't looked at the comments now that I've that, now that I've made my reiterated my position. It's been six years, so you know, it's plenty plenty of time for people to get pissed off one way or the other on this kind of stuff and. Uh, and listen, I've, I've had conversations about Colin Kaepernick and, with my stepfather, my stepfather, who's a Vietnam War vet. And he was on he was on the side of, not that this is necessarily sides, but he, he was of the opinion that the kneeling during the national anthem is one of the greatest disrespects for people who give their lives for freedoms. Right. And for the freedom of, of American citizens and those who have sacrificed, who have given the ultimate sacrifice. And that's a position that I, you know, I don't have life experience with that. I did not serve in Vietnam. I did not have to go through military training at Paris Island. I don't, I, I, I am an American citizen, fortunately. And my parents made sure of that. Hell, they were, you know, when, when my parents were pregnant with me, they were still living in Egypt. And they came back here specifically so that I would have the opportunity, all of the opportunities that being an American citizen uh, affords. And that's not lost on me, especially as somebody who goes back and forth on a regular basis. Well, not a regular basis, but who over the course of my lifetime has been in many different countries. And certainly in the country uh, where a lot of my family is from, where my entire dad's side of the family is from in, in Egypt. And I know how the rest of the world lives, right? And how much different the Egyptian experiences as opposed to the American experience or how much different the uh, Chinese experience is because my sister's adopted from China. We've got a, a mini United Nations in our house, something that we're very, very proud of as a family and something that we've always, uh, that my mom really has always done so well to make sure that we keep core at our values. And there are different perspectives that everybody should, that, that, Every, not everybody is going to have your experience, right? In fact, we're all going to have our unique experiences. And Colin Kaepernick kind of creates this lightning rod around this where everybody has their own experiences. And you're arguing with, with people who may not have lived the way that you lived and lived through the things that you lived through or may just not have been around for the, for moments in your life that mattered of great consequence that 
the the American flag signifies that may not hit the same for people of a of a younger generation uh, because of you know whatever just generational differences, and I think all of those things I think all of those things are kind of uh, are kind of um, are kind are so important um, because you know in a way that in a way that you can you can sit sit and have you useful and meaningful conversations with one another there's also there's also a lot of this stuff that people are just going to the people are just going to you know scream at you gas prices are too high uh, bleep bleep uh, the bleep the president or you know uh, or whatever you know anything really anything that Donald Trump tweeted at any given point for Joe Biden it's gas prices for Donald Trump it was social media right and before that uh, Barack Obama was I mean largely around President Trump it was birth certificates and before that it was that George Bush couldn't say nuclear right like there's so many different there's so many different things uh, that I think people uh, that I think people assign um, so many different things that people assign to this thing that may not necessarily have the kind of relevance that they want to assign to it. You know, it's a it's a it's a deeper psychological issue, honestly, and it's pretty fascinating if you if you take the time to kind of dig into it. And most people don't have the time or don't want to take the time or whatever, you know, and I, I understand that it's my job to be able to study this stuff and to, to understand this stuff and read reporting on it and try and talk to people around it and, and tr- try and gain a greater understanding so that I can come on here and hopefully have productive conversations with you guys. And I'm not actively seeking to, I'm not actively seeking to change the way that you think about stuff, but Perhaps if I can give you a, a different train of thought than the one that you had been previously entrenched in, and you know maybe I make some good points, or maybe you guys make some good points, and we can kind of uh, you can we can kind of uh, we can kind of go from there. I think that there's a, a lot of this stuff that that people uh, that people that gets lost, I guess, just basically in the shuffle. And uh, and Colin Kaepernick is one of the biggest lightning rods in the middle of that. Uh, he uh, he literally. Um, uh, one nation underground says he literally compared the combine to slave trading less than a year ago. Well, I mean, I, I, that's not something, that's not an assessment that I'm in the position in a position to make, but you know, I think that the, I think that the entire athlete, the, the way that we treat athletes as commodities or view athletes as commodities and do treat them as commodities because of their, you know, their business is literally their bodies. I mean, you know, it may not, I, I'm not, I'm not here to, I'm not, I don't have the world experience or, you know, the, the, the background or, or any of that to, to get into slavery comparisons. Right. But, you know, I mean, I go to the combine every year and it feels like I'm, I'm attending a livestock show with, with human beings. And that kind of doesn't feel great all of the time, even as I understand the medical evaluation process and, uh, and all the different things that come about it, I think that it's okay to make people uncomfortable with a different train of thought than your own. And, you know, how you respond to that is entirely your own own prerogative, and nobody's going to be able to change that for you, uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick, One Nation Underground, or anybody in between. I I think that's, and I think that's okay. Like, I don't think you have to get all all bent out of shape about it. You can allow somebody to express their opinion and, uh, and, you know, continue on, on your train of thought or your path, whatever the case may be. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting that it continues to happen this way. Right. I think that there's a, I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of this, 
Uh, Chris Flint says, we don't talk to each other anymore, Buck. And it's true. And by the way, it's not just that we don't talk to each. And, and I've kind of been experiencing this, you know, we touched a little bit on the, uh, on the, on the, the tragedy in, in Texas that took place with the school shooting yesterday. And, and I told you guys that I don't care about what your politics are. Like, I, I don't care how you think of what you think of, uh, what you think of president Biden, what you think of pre- uh, president Trump, what you think of Nancy Pelosi, what you think of, uh, Oh, hell, I can't even uh, name. I can't even think of this probably speaks to a larger political ignorance on my part. Um, I would I would have said uh, I would have said Boehner. John Boehner has been gone for a long time. I, I, I think it's is it McCartney or McCarthy. Anyway, uh, whoever the Republican minority leader is at this point in time, I, I'm forgive me. I, I don't like like I said, my parents worked in politics and government for 35 years. Uh, but you know, I'm not going to go now I can name the three branches of government, which is something that, for example, Tommy, Tommy Tuberville couldn't do as an elected official and former Auburn coach. So at least I've got that going for me, but yeah, I mean, a lot of like, I don't care, but Chris's, Chris's point is so, and I think Colin Kaepernick kind of brings that out in people or we don't, we don't talk to one another anymore. We just, we, we shout an opinion and we want the opinion to be louder than the other person's opinion. And then we go on with this, whether it's in sports, whether it's in politics, hell, it can be, you know, it can be anything, especially with the way that social media has kind of warped everybody's uh, everybody's approach uh, to dialogue generally, right? Um, but I think I think the thing that, that also jumps out to me, Chris, is that we don't really criticize internally either, you know? Like, it's almost like people feel that because... One is a, a you know a, a Democrat, a Republican, an Independent that you have to that you have to embrace and support all of the positions on one side of the aisle and not criticize internally to t- find ways to better your respective party's position. We don't do that. I don't think Democrats do that well. I don't think Republicans do that well. And uh, again, I'm not I'm not familiar with all the. Uh, with all the intricacies of independent party politics, but I would say that, yeah, we don't talk to one another and we really don't talk internally either. We're just not good at communicating. uh, It would seem. And that's how these things kind of get, you know, spun out of control. Um, Are the Raiders trying to further reverse the John Gruden thing says Percy Sledge. Percy, I'm glad that you brought that up because it can't be discounted. Um, It can't, it can't outright be discounted um, on the whole. Because Mark Davis is, by the way, I mean, we've seen in with the Las Vegas Raiders organization, um, we've seen a lot of this stuff. Uh, we've seen a lot of this stuff coming out in the last couple of, I mean, hell, in the last couple of weeks, didn't they just have a president like last about a month, the president of the team, and then retire because there were some things going on uh, for there was uh, for there was things going on internally that that caused great strife that uh, at, that forced him to forced him to leave his position or that he felt he needed to leave his, his position so that he didn't get entangled in whatever the whatever the Vegas Raiders had going on. And yeah, John Gruden's thing is still ongoing. Um, so, you know, I, I would not discount the idea that it would be as much public relations as it would be, you know, legitimate football thing. And it can be both at the same time. If it works out on the football field standpoint, yeah, uh, great for, for the Raiders. And if it doesn't work out on the football uh, side of things, then at least one of the 32, well, I guess there's one of the 31 NFL ownership groups because the Packers are publicly owned. Then you can be the one ownership group that was like, yeah, we gave him a shot. You guys didn't. So I think that it can be both things at the same time. It's a good point brought up by Percy. 
Um, this Reed, Reed pulled this clip from the I Am Athlete podcast. They did an interview with Colin Kaepernick about you know his his process and everything that's brought him through the different the several years now going on six years almost seven of everything that's gone down in Colin Kaepernick's life and what made him such a polarizing figure. And I think to play a clip of this may, you know, may give you a little perspective because I don't know how many people have heard from Colin Kaepernick or have sought out his comments. There haven't been a ton made publicly other than the odd social media message. Um, but to hear it in Colin's own words, especially after several years of reflection, uh, I don't think it hurts anything as far as the conversation is concerned. The message for GMs and owners and you wanted them to know anything right now, what would you say? Let's role play. Talk to me. I'm the GM. <laughs> come on, come on. You're doing method acting? Yeah, yeah, come on, watch this. Because I'm the GM. Let's play it. Let's hey, go. We got you here today. So let me come in and compete. I mean, you, you have your roster. You had a team. Let me come in and compete, show you what I can do. Well, Cap, you know, you know, football, it's all about eliminating distractions. Like, how do I know if I bring you in and I sign you? that you're going to make my locker room better, that you're going to bring us together? One, you can know by experience. My coach, Jim Harbaugh, spoke to it. My coach, Kelly, spoke to it and said that I made the locker room better. I came in, I prepared, I made the team better. That 2016 season, my last year, my teammates voted me the most courageous and inspirational player. So when you're talking about the people that are actually in the building, that has never come out that I've been a distraction. It's never come out that I've been an issue from the people I played with. Cap, can I keep it real with you, Cap? This is between you and I. Don't tell nobody. $16 billion industry, Cap. What about our fan base? What do we say to our fan base? Like, how, like what are they going to say? I say you have end racism in the back of your end zone. You got Black Lives Matter on your helmet. Mm. <laughs> Everything I've said should be in alignment with what you're saying publicly. <laughs> it's a $16 billion business. When I, first, when I first took a knee, my jersey went to number one. When I did the deal with Nike, their value increased by $6 billion. $6 billion. With a B. With a B. With a B. So, we acting. Come on, stay in mode. Talk, 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 man. You broke character. You broke character. Talk that talk. So, if you're talking about the business side, mm. it makes sense. It shows beneficial. Yeah. <laughs> if you're talking about the playing side, come in, let me compete. You can evaluate me from there. The NFL is supposed to be a meritocracy. Come in, let me compete. If I'm not good enough, get rid of me. But let me come in. And it goes on at length. That's courtesy of the I Am Athlete podcast. And, you know, I think, I think it's interesting because, I, you know, I personally hadn't heard from Colin Kaepernick in his own voice in a long time. And I... I think that those are well-made points, and there are counter-arguments, of course. And and again, people who feel strongly and fiercely about um, about the way in which he chose to uh, peacefully protest, then they they can they will continue to be they will continue to be uh, entrenched in their position. I I will not tell somebody how to feel or not feel about the American flag, even as it does not. It may not represent the same kind of deeply embedded pride, and not to say that I'm not proud uh, of of the American flag, but to the degree where I'm not willing to listen 
to another side of things where in immediately, and by the way, um, I think it's worth noting, uh, producer Reed and I have not seen the response uh, as to why, who was it earlier? Jimmy uh, said that he wasn't going to watch the NFL anymore. Um, Jimmy has been notably quiet uh, while everybody else is carrying on the conversation around this, which I do find to be very, very interesting indeed. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's from the, there are, there are ways to discuss the logic and, Maybe that's not the setting where people are going to uh, push back in real time on the uh, on the Colin Capper in like I don't think Brandon Marshall is. I thought that they did that well, but I don't necessarily. Th- I think there may be other people who may be able to interview Colin Kaepernick and and bring out a couple of different points that I think are completely reasonable to discuss. Um, but with everything with everything that it's gone through, um, and with with the opportunity to reflect and literal years of reflection. I think there's zero wrong with the idea of just bringing the guy in to try and play quarterback. And if it doesn't work, okay, then you you've given him the opportunity. That's all that's being asked for at the end of the day. Now his price point may have changed. He may be playing for league minimum, vet, veteran league minimum. He may not be playing for legit backup quarterback money anymore. Those are real things. And those can be discussed. Um, you know, I'm sure he would want market value, even as he has not had the resume of your conventional backup quarterback. And, you know, maybe those things can be worked out over time. Maybe he can earn another opportunity, another bite, uh, another legit bite at the NFL quarterback uh, salary cap Apple. But at this point, it's it's okay. Uh, it's, 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 not, it's not going to, it's not going to have the kind of effect that it did, certainly, um, back in 2016 it's not going to be the thing. It's not going to be the thing that brings down the NFL. Um, even though I, I think if I recall at the time that, um, you know, ratings were being cited and all these different things. And, um, you had divisive language on both sides, right? Uh, and just people want to pick fights because they assigned things to Colin Kaepernick that wasn't necessarily Colin Kaepernick's position. Um, so, the, so answer this, Thaddeus wants to know, and then we'll move on to some rule change stuff, a little lighter fare on this uh, Wednesday night. Uh, Thaddeus wants to know, answer this, Buck, how do you feel about him kneeling? Do you think he should have done it another way? If you said, uh, if you said these, I already apologize. Well, you know, I, I think that, um, I think that based on all of the reporting around it is that, and I wish that I had the, uh, I wish that I, perhaps producer Reed could look this up for me. Reed, there was there was somebody who had military service in their background that Colin Kaepernick consulted with and who advised him to do uh, to kneel in a way that they I think thought at the time would be perceived as more respectful than sitting on the bench and like chilling, which was the initial thing that happened during the preseason. Um, I think that uh, I, I and I want to I want to have the guy's name specifically because Xavier Clemens is telling me a military officer told him it was fine, but I, w- I want to have the reporting on it, the details on it specifically before I um, before I uh, Nate Boyer, thank you, uh, retired Army Green Beret Nate Boyer, good job out of producer Reed who advised Colin Kaepernick initially to uh, to take the knee as a form of pe- uh, peaceful peaceful protest, um, and so I would and so I would defer. Uh, I would defer to a retired Army Green Beret. I have, if if anybody is going to understand on a deeper level what that flag signifies and 
who that flag, what that flag means to people who have been in military service. Um, I think that I think that that I would defer to him if if that was good enough for Nate Boyer, then that's plenty good enough for me. Um, but it's again, it's not my decision. It's not my it's not my prerogative to tell people how they should or should not feel uh, should or should not feel about the about the American flag. That's the beauty of all of this. You can feel about the flag, about Colin Kaepernick, about NFL rule changes. You can feel about however uh, however you want. Um, that's uh, that's that's I think is I think that's a completely fair thing. Um, he should have asked the wife of men that are that are given a flag. You know, Roy. I don't know that he didn't right, but and because I think there are there are all different ways. And I and I know I don't want to dismiss anybody's opinion on this. I would say that. I think over the course of the last six years, it has been well documented the amount of due diligence that Colin Kaepernick has done since the initial protest. Nate Boyer on the front end took the knee. People responded to it the way that they did. And we have seen all kinds of different reporting on who Colin Kaepernick has consulted with, who Colin Kaepernick has worked with to kind of gain a deeper understanding about, uh, from his standpoint, about why he felt the, why he felt what he was doing is just and people who may feel the opposite on those things. I, I don't know that he didn't talk to those people, Roy. Um, and I think that to assume that he didn't, you, your position is your position, but I think there has been substantial reporting around the different groups that Colin Kaepernick has consulted with. And I, I, I don't want to, in the same way that you're assuming that he didn't, I don't want to assume that he did, I'm just, I think that, uh, I think that a little bit of, uh, I think a little bit of research on this would do everybody some good and, you know, and he may not get a job with the Raiders and it may, it may be done after this, who knows? And everybody's getting bent out of shape again for nothing. Um, one nation underground says that flag, it was draped over my family member's coffin F Colin Kaepernick. I'm sure there are plenty of people who completely identify with that, who completely identify with that position. And of course that, uh, I, I, of course you want to, you want to be respectful of people who, who are, who have had family members who have, uh, who have passed away in the line of duty. And, um, I think that, uh, I think that in certain, in certain aspects, in certain aspects, you're not going to be able to please everybody. You're not going to be able to talk to everybody, but as long as the work is, as long as the work that he's doing is in line with what he is saying and that he's doing the work on the front end to support his position on the back end, then I think that's all you can ask for him. And you can disagree with it if you like. Um, because there is not, I, I think it's just about the significance of human life generally, right? And this is a much deeper uh, version of the conversation that I thought we were going to have. I thought we were just going to talk about backup Raiders quarterbacks. Honestly, I thought that I really thought that this was not going to be nearly as deep as, as it ended up being, but I think it's just about the general value of human life that we're, that we're arguing over. Right. Whereas some people see this as a diminishment of those who gave their lives. Colin Kaepernick is looking at, looking at the other side of things and saying, yeah, but what about the lives of people who are the lives of people that are lost with the amount of, uh, with the amount of, of police brutality that is, is well-documented. Like this is, it's not, it's not an opinion type of thing. These are things that there are quantifiable, that there are quantifiable research and studies done across 
many years. So I think uh, I think that there's I think that there's going to continue to being uh, continue to be ongoing discussion about it. Right? Uh, Leo says, "Damn it, Jimmy, you started this." Yeah, you know, I I really was curious, and I think that's kind of the the rabbit hole. But you know, again, Jimmy noted. Uh, Jimmy noticeably silent, uh, noticeably silent when, when all I'm asking, all, all I'm curious is why. And, and a lot of you gave me why, but it wasn't the guy who started this. Right. And I think, I think that's the thing that kind of gets frustrating a little bit about this. Uh, John uh, Buck says, or uh, rather William Young says, Buck, you will never please the mob. Nah, I mean, well, yeah, but I could talk to him. Right. Like, I don't, I don't think that's like, I'm not calling you guys a mob, but like, you know, you guys have strong opinions, right? And I'm talking to you and you're talking back to me and we're having a, we're having a fine ongoing discussion. Like maybe, maybe some people are going to get in their feelings about this and, and that's okay. That means you're passionate. I think that's totally fine. Um, you know, it's just about a line of being respectful and a line of, uh, and a line of trying to see both sides and then formulating your opinion from there. And I think that's really all that it boils down to. Because it's it is a conversation about the value of human life, and that one uh, that the loss of life should not should not uh, should not be greater in certain circumstances than another, even if one is a in a circumstance where there is a great deal of nobility in sacrificing your life and being willing to sacrifice your life for the for the good of others. There are not always there are not always just just deaths on either side or noble deaths on either side, right? But I think it is I think it is fair to kind of uh, I think it is fair to kind of parse these things, and and that's okay, and that's that's what makes that's what makes these um, that's what makes these conversations. I, th- I I enjoy them. I don't know if you guys. I think largely people people are willing to engage. I think that you, it wears on you, right? Like if we were doing Kaepernick shows every other day, then you would get sick. If I was doing Kaepernick shows the way I'm doing Traylon Burke shows, you guys would get sick of that shit. Uh, same way you got sick of AJ Brown, right? You know, it's just, it's about kind of trying to, trying to feel out the messaging um, on some of this stuff. And, uh, and yeah, I think that's, I think that's completely reasonable. So I appreciate you guys being willing to have a respectful conversation about it. And I appreciate everybody's opinions on it um, to help us further advance the conversation. And, you know, maybe we don't change any minds, and that's okay. But at least we've had a respectful discussion about it. John says, Buck getting back-to-back nights with emotional stories. Uh, seriously, you're handling it, hand, handling it all well. Great job. I, I mean, hey, um, I, I I enjoy these these kind of things. Now, I can't – last night was different. Um, so let me be more measured with my words um, because I don't I don't enjoy that. I don't enjoy any of that. That made me sick to my stomach because it did all of us. I'm sure to to see. I think the uh, I think the 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 count was up to 19 school children um, as of the reporting most recently in two school teachers. Um, so I I let me be more measured in my words to say that I don't I don't enjoy all of these conversations. But if it gives us the opportunity to have intelligent and engaging conversations around it then I do relish those opportunities because that's, you know, that's, you know, a lot of people get into sports talk because they want to talk about touchdowns and and running backs and quarterbacks and, you know, uh, you know, uh, NBA finals and all these different things. And like, yeah, that's cool and all that. But I think there's a lot, a lot deeper stuff in sports that not everybody considers. And those are the kind of conversations that I really like to sink my teeth into. But, you know, I can do the quarterback depth chart 
talk uh, Malik Willis mentor gate bullshit too. We can do all of that. That's that's what makes this show fun, I think, for everybody. I hope it's fun for you guys because um, I know Reed and I certainly enjoy doing it. Maybe Reed doesn't enjoy it all the time, but I think more often than not, uh, Reed, uh, Reed seems to enjoy things. Um, anyway, let's move on and let's talk about NFL. Just a, just a graceful transition. Let me talk about NFL rule changes, shall I? <laughs> what nonsense. Actually, you know what? I mean, it's already 9 o'clock. Let's do let's do the Mike Vrabel thing. I don't really give a shit about NFL rule changes tonight. After after we just did forty two minutes straight on uh, on all of this, I really <laughs> how how am I supposed to talk to you about you know practice squad amendments and IR changes after that? What am I going to do with that? Instead, let's watch a funny video of Mike Vrabel knocking the shit out of uh, out of a punching bag in the. <laughs> in the Titans weight room. Can we do that? That will be fun. Okay. The question that I would like to ask you is this on A to Z Sports Prime Time. In the comments on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, if you would be kind enough to tell me which Titans media member's face is on Mike Vrabel's punching bag. This is the question. Now, I've done some I've done some investigative journalism to this effect um, that, I, uh, that I look forward to uh, that I look forward to sharing with you guys. Which Titans media member's face is on Mike Vrabel's punching bag. Give me your response on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. We will discuss at length together, and we will watch a funny video right after I tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com, that's where you go for your dream address without the stress. The Ashton team, the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators, and of me, I got my home through the Ashton team. Coming up on three years in June, all it has done is skyrocket in property value, and not just because the how the real estate market went crazy over the course of the three years that I've been a homeowner, but because I had the Intel edge from the Gary Ashton team to know exactly which part of town was going to most see the return on my investment as a first-time homeowner. That's exactly the way that it's played out, and I could not be more grateful for Gary and his team for making that possible for me. The Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com. So, um, whose face is on Mike Vrabel's punching bag? <laughs> That's the question that I want to ask you guys. Now, maybe, maybe you have not seen this video yet. Taylor Lewan initially took the video, and then a lot of people picked it up and ran with it. For example... Um, for example, Pat McAfee, who had a bit of a field day with it on his show today. Mike Vrabel is boxing against a round heavy bag. I do not know the proper technical terms. I do know he's throwing left and right and an uppercut like he's Tyson Fury. The coach of the year, Vrabel, knows that Harbaugh might be pissed that the boys are on the logo and he's throwing bombs around the boys at Tennessee. It is called a wrecking ball heavy bag. He, he's oh, fucking nice. wrecking. He came and knocked out a wrecking ball in front of all the boys in Rome. The staff in Tennessee you see he'll send you right to CTE. Frabel is staying sharp. If a coach wants to get some, they can fucking get it. If somebody on the other team happens to stumble into the sideline, give him an oh shove and not apologize properly. Mm. Look at that uppercut to the jaw. You're wearing a helmet. I don't care. I 
accidentally just muted, muted myself as the video came back. Anyway, that is, it's laugh out loud funny. And Luan is probably going to get his ass ripped because Mike, I'm sure, does not want people taking videos of what he's doing in the practice facility. But who's tight? Which Titan Media member's face is on the punching bag? That's the biggest question. Now, I think everybody, I think everybody knows who the odds-on favorite is. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's a fair assessment. Derek, Chris Harp, uh, Karen O'Keefe, William Young, Mark Jones, B. French, Kevin Jones, uh, <laughs> uh, John Bobst, William Young. Uh, oh, now Mark Jones switching it up with my face. It's possible, but here's the thing, like. I I'm pretty, I think I'm, I think I'm a middle ground. Now, maybe there are days, I think there's days where Mike Rabel would like to hit every one of us in the face. I think, uh, truly I do. Um, and I think anybody can get it on any given day. You know, when, when you're dealing with Mike Rabel in press conferences, I think that Paul is for sure the odds on favorite. Um, because of course, and I think that, I, I think that a sneaky good second, because I'm at, now Matt, I'm not at his press conferences every day like I used to be. I'm there usually about once a week during the practice week and then uh, once a week during the practice week and then after every game um, because of the radio show schedule, it kind of makes it a little more difficult for me to be out there every day the way that I used to be. But I think, one, it helps me uh, It helps me stay in the middle ground because I'm not there every day. So my exposure uh, to ask stupid questions of Mike Vrabel is limited. Uh, I think Paul wins every time. I think that John Glennon would be a sneaky second. I think that Mike Vrabel gets sick of Johnny's shit on a regular basis. I don't think Jim Wyatt is necessarily low on the list either, even as he is a team employee, because there are some times when Mike wants to be done talking for the day. And Jimmy, the in-house team guy, is asking more questions. Mike Vrabel may not want to answer them on any given day. Um, if Stillman was there more often, he'd probably be higher. I think Terry McCormick in the Zoom era was probably public enemy number one because for the life of him, he couldn't figure out the internet, which is still, to this day, hilarious. But I think now Mike finds it more funny, the incompetence. Uh, I think that Mike, uh, I think Mike finds it more funny, the incompetence, as opposed to irritating. But again, that depends on the day. So yeah, the, the answer is, the answer is Paul. Because <laughs> I, I, I did some investigative journalism on this. I said the I said the odds on favorite is Paul, but I bet Johnny would be uh, I bet Johnny would be sneaky good value. And what I uh, in in all of my great investigative work, the thing that seemed to be uh, the thing that seemed to be landed on is like, yeah, it's Paul. <laughs> it would be Paul. You had to pick one of you, Paul, without question. Uh, Kevin Jones says, what about Davenport? I, I assume you mean Tehran as opposed to Dawn. Um, I think that. Uh, you know, a TD, TD doesn't really, I don't think TD, I mean, there are days when Mike and TD will not like go back and forth, but I think maybe Mike will kind of shrug off Tehran's questions, but he doesn't outright like go at Tehran the way that he has gone at Paul or Glennon or Jimmy or Terry or, um, I haven't, I haven't gotten a smoke in a while. It's been a little bit, but there, I've definitely had moments in my life. Uh, Keelan says, wait, Buck, what happened to your avatar? What do you mean? I told Reed I'd fire him if he didn't get rid of it. What, what do you mean? What happened to my avatar? I told me, I told him, get that shit out of my face. I, it was funny the one time. Cause we were, we, we react to it live. And I said, Reed, if you value your job at all, you'll, I'll never see that thing again. And you know what? Reed likes his job. And so I never have to see it again. Good on Reed. That's, you know what? That's coachability. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, let's see. I just hope it's not Ben from the Tennessee. You know, he does have a sneaky weird thing for Ben. 
it is, and I don't know why, because Ben Ben may be the least offensive of any of us, like truly. Ben Arthur of the Tennessee, and he does have kind of a weird thing with Ben uh, from time to time that he just he does not seem, maybe it's just because like last year was Ben's first year with all of us, and so maybe that's just kind of like a, hey, rookie, welcome to the Titans media core type of thing. Or maybe he, he doesn't like Ben. I, I don't know why you wouldn't like Ben. Ben is, again, the least offensive of any of us. He's an incredibly polite human being maybe his questions are a little long and maybe mike who values efficiency in all things just would rather him say you know shut the hell up just stop talking just ask the question because you know i get that i ramble when i ask questions sometimes uh it happens to any of us um especially the more talking that i do by myself where i'm trying to explain my larger point and then i realize oh i'm not doing a radio show i'm just trying to ask a press conference question get it out you idiot um but yeah uh outside of that it's for sure paul <laughs> all right it's gonna do it for us on this primetime Wednesday night, that's right, at the uh, at the end of the show. Thursday, one more show to do. Radio show tomorrow, Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports and The Athletic is going to be on. We're going to talk about a lot of changes in the world of college football and a lot of this bickering going on in the SEC. Uh, we will do, uh, what else are we doing tomorrow? Oh, we're going to talk a lot about Austin Hooper. A lot about Austin Hooper um, with all of the things with all of the things that I think he's going to be able to provide to Ryan Tannehill and the offense this year. Uh, John says, I should be in town for the Bengals game, and if I am, I'll have a cartoon buck on a shirt. You can have a cartoon buck on a shirt, John, but just know if it's uh, if it's the cartoon that I don't like, then I'm not – if if it's just a picture that I don't like, just generally, I'm not I'm not going to acknowledge it. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll do – well, I can't fire you the way that I threaten to fire Reed, but, you know, um, I'll, figure, I'll figure out something to do. Uh, Roy says, did they get any SEC games in today? I don't know what happened with the college. I know that Vandy and Tennessee got pushed. Did Reed, did they not play a single college baseball game today in the tournament? He's shaking his head no at Murray. She's shaking. I don't think he knows specifically either. I don't know if UK and Auburn ever got off the ground. Um, but anyway, we can talk about college baseball on the radio show tomorrow. See you guys. Have a great night.